Welcome to this very special episode of the Why Small Business Matters podcast, which was filmed in front of a live audience at the Baltic Centre for Contemporary Art. So if you'd like to watch this episode, head over to the Northumbria University social media pages and you'll be able to see it there. But if you'd like to listen, then stay with us and you'll get exactly the same show, but just in audio format. We'll hear from the chair of our panel in this episode, Caroline Theobald, CBE, in just a moment. But first, here's Sarah Stevenson from Northumbria University's Business School and the Help to Grow Management Programme. This is why small business matters from Northumbria University, supporting small businesses with the Help to Grow Management Programme. Today's Why Small Business Matters podcast is taking place at the iconic Baltic Centre for Contemporary Arts in Gateshead. And we're here today in front of a live audience to celebrate the first year of the Help to Grow Management Programme, the flagship government scheme aimed at owners of SMEs. It's a 12-week programme that aims to promote growth and productivity. And today we're bringing together business support network organisations, the participants from the programme and members of the Help to Grow management team at Northumbria University to see how we can help promote growth within business in the North East. Now businesses are at the heart of our economy and also the bedrock of our communities. So today we're going to be asking questions about how we can support business Um, grow and innovate and create really good, well-paid jobs. And now I'd like to introduce our chair, Caroline Theobald, CBE. Thank you very much, Hello and welcome to today's episode of Northumbria University's Small Business Matters podcast. And what a day it is to celebrate small business. The sun is out, the tide is sparkling, um, and it just the weather says what this region is, a great, a great place to grow a business. And that's what the discussion today is to be or is, is all about. It's now it's my turn to welcome today's guests, three businesses who've really benefited from the Help to Grow programme, plus network organisations, the Entrepreneurs Forum, and the Federation of Small Business, who together with the Northeast Chamber of Commerce have been real advocates of the programme. And in a minute and in the next hour, we'll learn why. Help to Grow, as Sarah said, is a £220 million Treasury investment in small business. And it's spread over four years. So if you haven't done the programme yet, you can. It can really help businesses overcome challenges and transform their business practice. You're about to hear from three people on my left who've done just that. Nick Downing, Director of Operations and Transformation at the NPH Group. This is a full service occupational health provider which almost reinvented itself, reinvented its sort of testing business to move into COVID related services over the pandemic. As a result, the company is now spreading its wings nationally and internationally and has experienced enormous growth and is going to keep on growing, I think, Nick. Thanks, Cheryl. Kelly Maxwell, in the middle, is the owner and founder of the award-winning Kelly's Heroes Private Tuition. And I say award-winning because not one but two, Kelly. Um, you were, in March, she, was, she became the FSB's Northeast Young Entrepreneur of the Year and then was shortlisted in the journal's small business category. 
This is a business just a, as much about purpose as profit. One-to-one -one tuition to help children be the best they can be. And, but at the end, Phil Robinson Artley, Operations Manager at Armstrong Direct. Family-owned business, Phil, that's growing from a medium-sized business into growth mode. You've pulled the throttle back. Absolutely. It specialises in selling equipment to the nation's pond keepers. I hardly thought on a hot day like this. Um, in fact, I think I'm right in saying it's the biggest in the UK. That's correct, yeah. Primarily internet-based, the company grew during the pandemic and Phil is the sort of connector between the online world um, and the on-site team. That's the businesses. On my right, we have got two really quite well-known figures from the world of professional business support. Reshma Begum, who's the development manager of the FSB and a great advocate of Help to Grow. And I think it's fantastic for you that you've got one of your award winners here. Absolutely. Proof positive, really. Um, and just as a reminder, the FSB is a not-for-profit and the largest membership organisation in the UK, representing both small businesses and sole traders. Not only does Reshma give voice to the concerns of the FSB's regional business members to local government and MPs to make sure that they're doing the right thing for small businesses, um, she and the FSB also celebrate their success. So, you know, clap again to Kelly down there. Growing a business can be a lonely place, and I think we'll come on to that a bit later on. And finally, Elaine Stroud, the CEO of the Entrepreneurs Forum, which celebrated its 20th birthday last <laughs> night um, and was set up as a self-help group for the region's entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's been massively successful. And last night was witness to that, a real celebration of how entrepreneurs have helped each other. That peer group support is so important. Um, I think now 300 Northeast founders spread right across the business spectrum. You pride yourself particularly, I think, on the mentoring programme, mm -hmm. and that's actually a key part of Help to Grow, so we'll hear a bit more about that. And it's practical help and also emotional support um, for members to help each other and help them grow. And some other fantastic world-class events, a bit like last night, really, which was great, great fun. So, a fantastic group of people. I think we're going to have a very lively discussion. Um, and what I really want to happen, everybody, is... I'd love you to share your experience and knowledge, how you've overcome both personal and, and, and business challenges, because over the last two and a half years, there have been a lot of both. So what you've learned, really, as people and businesses from the pandemic, the importance of peer group support. People do business with people, mentoring and community. Um, the role and services provided by membership organisations, that, that's you too, then. Um, how Help to Grow and other university services have helped you, because of course there are other university services on offer, and I think Nick, we might ask you to talk about the uh, KTPs that, 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 are, that are on offer. And then finally, how you'd like to get more involved with each other and the university, because it's, this, is, this is the start of a network really, and people support each other, and that's what we want to get out of today. So, first question. Just for the businesses, and I'm going to start with you, Nick. What was your biggest takeaway from Health Help to Grow? And it might be good just to contextualise it, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. Nick. Thanks, Caroline. And so, um, for me, it was a really good program. The opportunity kind of landed in my inbox, and I thought, well, that do, do I want to go for this or do I not? And I was really pleased I did. The, the content and the structure of the course, I thought, was really valuable. So we had industry experts doing lectures on a weekly basis, all virtual because of uh, all that element was virtual because of the lockdown. 
Um, we'd follow that up with a mentor session, so I was paired up with a facilitator from the university and business leaders from different sectors. So it was really valuable for me to hear about the accountancy sector, the education sector, because I'm in the health sector. And so the spread of knowledge that we got across the group was really powerful. Um, the thing that stands out for me that my key takeaway was that we were watching a case study about a guy who was a chemist who had a product that was just a number. And he'd gone through his whole journey um, to give it a brand name. He'd gone through the kind of the components of Help to Grow. He was a Help to Grow um, alumni himself. And then he'd taken it internationally. And one of the face-to-face -face sessions that we did, um, I asked the question, so how did he set up his China office? How did you go from being in the Midlands to opening your China office? And we had a bit of discussion around that. And for me, it opened a door and just, it, was, it helped me with my confidence. So, well, why do I not think about going international with what we're already doing? And so through that process, I got in touch with a few people. We're now in conversation with DRT. Some of our work is in uh, Europe. We're doing fulfillment and distribution of COVID test kits across Europe and also now America for one of our big B2B clients. So... Um, yeah, overall, it's a really well-rounded course with a couple of key takeaways that, from a business output, have made a real difference straight away. And that's fantastic, isn't it? Particularly, I said you were flying. And <laughs> you, you will be, I think. But it's, it is, it's, it's that people thing, isn't it? You say something and you think, oh, that's interesting. Oh, open the door. Let's go through. Kelly, what about you? What was your key takeaway from it? Yeah, quite similar, actually, following on from Nick. Um, there was quite a few things I took away from the course. Um, one was the network. I know there's some here that were on the course at the same time as me. Um, being able to reach out to all of these different people who are all from very different backgrounds. However, the course was brilliant because although everyone had different businesses, we all were able to take things away from it. And I was saying that, you know, you're not going to take everything straight away, but you've got your notes and it might become relevant a little bit later down the line. So I found it really beneficial for that. Also, the mentoring, that was amazing, absolutely amazing. I think I was on this, like, hamster wheel, you know, trying to just keep up with everything and keep going. And having that mentoring really opened my eyes to say, actually, you don't have to do a million hours to be a successful business. It's about managing that time and creating that roadmap. And from that, it's opening doors within the business I didn't expect to. And... You know, I think a lot of the time we're all in our own business. We're all kind of doing what we think is right. But hearing it from the outside, going on a course and learn all, learning all of these really helps you realise that actually it doesn't just have to be one way. There's so many different ways that actually could be better than you had imagined. So that's my biggest takeaway, definitely. And actually for you as a relatively young business, because you started in 2018, it's yours. It's a lonely place, isn't it? So it's great to have people out there who you feel that you've talked to, support her on a similar journey. Definitely. Yeah. I feel a bit different from you because you came in from a business that was quite well established. First time you'd worked, I think, in, an, in the internet sector primarily. But you came in <clears throat> and the business, I think, was sort of stuck yeah. where it was. Yeah. So what was you, you, what, what's been your takeaway and what was your experience of the programme? It originally started off being, I'd, I'd been out of education for 15 years, so I thought, well, it was a way of getting back into education. It seemed like a, a, a really good course to get into. I could get the, uh, the budget for it because the budget was quite cheap because it was only £750, so it was almost a no-brainer to do it. Um, I put it to my directors. They said, yep, push along with it. It's great. Completely changed when I actually went on the course because basically 
I'm in this new environment. I'd only been there for a couple of years and I was a little bit on the back foot with it. Um, I'd been in the hospitality trade for about 10 years before that, so it was completely different. Um, so basically, as we were going through the course, when we were doing the 12 modules, it was it was giving us a little bit more confidence to look under the stones. It was giving us like some sort of uh, rigid way of doing things. So basically, I'd come home each week, or I'd go back into the office each week with a new idea in my head, and it gave us that structure to to hang the idea off until somebody actually dealt with it. So it meant it could push the business on a little bit. There was a lot of um, I don't know, a lot of information to take in. And my only job was basically to pick out the best bits for my business. Uh, and really, we got a lot of support from uh, the likes of Jill Danby um, when we were doing the mentoring. She actually pushed us in the right direction. It almost turned the, uh, the management meetings into uh, a, a product of three whys deep. So basically, why are we doing it? Why is that important to us? And why is that important to us? So basically, we could we could go down this rabbit hole and find out, and that was really surprising because we found a lot of people weren't on the same page. And that that that, import, that, that why is such such an, you, knowing your why is such an important thing. But having the rigor that actually when people go that, <laughs> you actually then had learned what the tools to to, to, to back it up. It literally and, stays there until you actually deal with it, and yeah. then we can so, so many, especially in small businesses where. The, uh, the small business leaders have so much to do, it often gets lost yeah. and you sort of like don't come back to it for a couple of years or whatever and it meant that we could actually push it on. Push on. I'm going to bring these two in now because actually you must have loved to hear that word about mentoring and the importance of, of community and support. Yes. So let's pick up the mentoring thing first, mm -hmm. Elaine, because that has been a standout of the forum over its 20 years. What, what can you take from that and put into your context? Um, well, you're right. I loved hearing how powerful the mentoring is because for us, mentoring is what we do. And the forum was set up for the purpose of mentoring. And it was experienced entrepreneurs, the sort of iconic figures of the region saying, we want to help businesses that are starting up so they don't make the same mistakes that we made. And it was interesting, Caroline mentioned last night, we had our 20th anniversary celebration. And people like Paul Walker, who founded Sage, were talking about, well, we were just a startup at one point, and they remember those pains, and they don't want the people who are starting businesses now to go through that again. So it's about learning from each other and learning from that sort of real experience so not necessarily your accountant or your traditional advisors but learning from people who've been there and been in the trenches and done it and that experience is invaluable and there's so many people in this region willing to give their time and share their experience it's just about tapping into that and taking advantage of that if you can it is and that, i mean it's sort of built into the program because you've got the and it's lovely actually to see other program your your peers here in the room because <laughs> this that support network is growing you come at it in a slightly different way, Rashma, don't you, at the FSB? I mean, but that word community, that's, that's big for the FSB, isn't it? It is, it absolutely is. And I think, well, I, I know we keep referring to yesterday's dinner, I'm sorry, Elaine, <laughs> but it is, it's fresh in my memory. It's, it was raised by a couple of the business owners yesterday, um, mentioned it on the stage, that when you're a business owner, you are expected to be, you, you're expected to know everything, and you don't know everything, and it's it's hard because you can't necessarily confide that in your staff members. Mm -hmm. You don't want to worry them, so the community aspect just helps you have that peer board, if you like, mm. that sounding board of people who know what you're going through, who know. Mm -hmm 
you know who've either been there and done it or are currently going through it and you mm -hmm. can sort of bounce off each other and you can get ideas from mm -hmm. each other learn from each other and help each other and really give each other that support and i think the pandemic has really highlighted how much mental health and well-being is really important again that's something that people can benefit from as a part of a community or part of a mentor mm -hmm. mentorship smashing and actually it goes back to actually what you were talking about nick that the whole thing that when you you talked about how powerful it was for you to learn from you know there were people on your program who might have been about the same size business but they were completely different businesses mm -hmm. there was accountants there was you know you're an occupational health business that's you know pivoted but actually just being able to t speak freely over quite a long amount of time so you could build trust must have been quite important definitely i think there was there was real value and real learning in that so i, I remember parts of conversations about how a different business had digitized what they were doing uh, and we'd been on our own journey but it helped me to see a different path to what Kelly was saying and yeah. Phil was saying actually you you're not stuck in your own rut thinking I, I'm doing it the right way or I'm doing it the way I think is right it's actually saying well actually there's a bunch of other options here or a bunch of other services and we talked about particular use cases for a financial services system and we were, we'd already done that on our side but one of the others hadn't so we're like oh great I'll go and look that one up so I, I built a toolbox of additional things that I could open up whenever I want to look into and say okay how do I now move forward on this aspect of the business um, which was great. That's fantastic and I'm just thinking about that because these things don't happen overnight do they I mean it always takes a bit of time to, to get into something you know you're, you're in an alien environment you know doing something new in a university setting or online Kelly as a really quite a new business we've talked about the modules we've talked about, well, we haven't talked specifically about the time involved but it is a type, big time commitment but you obviously think that time commitment was really well worth making Oh, 100%. I think you spend a lot of time in your business. When do you really get the chance to spend time on your business? Look and sort of from the outside in and having that time. I mean, I've continued with that time. I've kept it blocked out in the diary because it's been so invaluable. I thought I'm not going to then just go back into, into the business. I'm going to make sure I've got that time. And it's great because then there are a lot of things that you take from the course that might, like you say, it might not be relevant at the time, but then you come back to it and you think, actually, this is a really good idea. You know, I think like, I think especially when it came to like the marketing that I found really, really helpful because it was something I had just sort of, it goes, it goes on the back burner, doesn't it? You just think I've got everything else to do, but actually seeing how important marketing is to the business. And then I've spent some of that time that I had blocked out on marketing for the business, on the social medias, doing that, and it's made a huge difference in itself. So I think keeping that time there has been really important, which again, I wouldn't have done before the course. That's a great takeaway, that, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. you'd said when you started, you felt you were on a rabbit wheel, mm -hmm. um, and you yeah. now haven't, you've stepped off the wheel, yeah. and you're working smarter, yeah, but not just definitely. as hard. Uh -huh. Phil, just coming to you, because this, um, Education, as you said, you, you went before when you went on the course. You sort of went on to it because it was you thought education. Ah, oh, this is I can go back into education, but actually that's not what you got from it, was it? No, and I want to just ask you about what the because people think education, or maybe they, oh, in an old-fashioned way, is sort of bored and chalk. But that the the program doesn't work like that at all, does it? I mean, I, I was trying to get my um, I was trying to get my brother on the course. He's actually changed jobs now, so he hasn't got that far with it yet. But his big 
thing was oh, I don't want to do anything in education he was like me at school didn't do massively great in there or whatever but he's got a good head on his shoulders and I was trying to explain to him how sort of like it isn't a massively impactful thing it doesn't impact on your life I mean we a lot of it is webinars where we sort of like talk to each other and um, we try to talk through problems that we've got and it's almost like it's not so much sort of like them asking the questions of us so basically the, the, the tutor's not asking the questions of us we can ask questions there and that usually opens up a huge tin of worms it's basically then you, you've got like half an hour of people trying to explain their own viewpoint that for me sort of like didn't come across as education we took a lot away from it and I'm still on a WhatsApp group with the rest of the cohort on there. So if there is a question come up, we can sort of like throw it out there. And nine times out of 10, we can usually find a, a way of solving the problem. But it's one of these things, it's sort of, it, it does scare people off this, this sort of like, well, you haven't to go to university. And if you haven't been to university, that's probably even scarier. But it's such a good atmosphere. It's like everybody, some of the, some of the break times that we had in between the parts of the course, we're education on themselves because everybody's been through this problem. We've all got a lot of the same problems anyway. And, you know, smart people come up with smart solutions and wherever you can take away from that, that's great for me, for my business. It's and actually, it felt like that today, didn't it? We yeah. came here to um, enter the Baltic, which is iconic in, in terms of the Northeast landscape. And actually, this, it didn't feel educated. This was people celebrating their businesses, wanting their businesses to be better, mm -hmm. wanting the help to grow them onto the next stage. And there's, there's, there's a real dialogue between the businesses and the fact that the where doesn't matter as much, use that why word again, as the why, um, and then the how, and the trans transformational change I think it's made to all of you, which will come to you a bit later. And just, but just thinking about that, you two, you two run membership organisations, it's getting... And it's been really tough with the pandemic because so much has been had to be online. What have you found now that we're all back in the real world? You know, people do business with people, don't yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, the, look, the pandemic did have its benefits because online um, meetings, etc., they are much more time efficient, they're much more cost efficient, and you somehow feel more productive because, you know, you, you, you're in your own environment, you can jump from one meeting to another. But as you say, Caroline, people buy from people, people connect with people. So, you know, online networking is fantastic, for example, or online webinars and, you know, learning opportunities. But when you're in the room and those conversations that you have before and after the event with somebody on a very informal level, those are invaluable and those you cannot get from from a different environment it was challenging but i think businesses small businesses in particular have really shown just how agile they are just how re resilient they are just how determined they are to be the best that they can be by managing to survive such a horrific pandemic period and it was ongoing it was a stop start economy for two whole years there was so much uncertainty but they just got on with it because business does does just <laughs> yeah. Get exactly. on with it. Um, and that's why, you know, things like the Help to Grow programme are so important, but also celebrating success, yep. which you do through your awards. And you do through yours, Elaine, at, at, the, at the Entrepreneurs Forum, don't you? Yeah, I think we're in year 17 of our awards, actually. Um, and we do that once a year and we celebrate Entrepreneur of the Year. And we continue to do that during the pandemic because I felt it was really important that businesses were having a tough time, but certain people were doing an incredible job of keeping things going because it was... I mean, you all know it's unprecedented how challenging it was, but it was right to continue to recognise those entrepreneurs who really stood out and kept things ticking along. Because 
I think we all know that actually this this region doesn't do terribly well in terms of business startup. Mm-hmm. There aren't that. It's mm-hmm. the lowest business density in mm-hmm. the UK. If you think in London, there are what fourteen hundred businesses mm-hmm. per ten thousand of population. Here in the northeast, we're about half of that. So it's really important to celebrate the businesses that are out there and 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 showing, you know resilience really to keep on taking the step to go forward so thinking about that you three i'll start with you kelly this time first what's what was the biggest challenge that you um that you came across either personal or professional during the pandemic um so when lockdown first hit i didn't have any employees it was just me at the time so i think as probably everybody in the room did you weren't sure what was coming so you'd it was that uncertainty of, will people still want tutoring? Will they not want tutoring? Is it going to be two months? Is it going to be two weeks? So I think I was worrying about whether the business was going to continue because I couldn't do face-to-face anymore. It was, and I'm not great with technology, I'm not going to lie. Um, so I was a bit like, oh no, what am I going to do? So I just had to adapt and I went online and I just hoped families would move online and luckily they did and I think as lockdown continued you know what schools weren't weren't going ahead everything was online and parents were having to work from home but they were trying to homeschool at the same time so I think as lockdown went on parents were worrying about their child's education so we started to get more students that way um so initially for me the biggest worry was whether the sessions would continue because face-to-face was all I knew but now online is a service we continue to offer because it's been so successful. Right how did you get the skill you said you're not a techie person so <laughs> where did that ability and well did did the course give you the confidence to look at a new that new model? Definitely yeah it gave me so many ideas about it, it I think it just opened up possibilities where again I'd kind of been tunnel vision in face-to-face it has to be like this where the course was and again it wasn't just what we took from the course it was the people in the room who had so many ideas and so many suggestions and although the businesses are different there's things we can all take from it so I remember every time I would leave and I would sit in the car and I would write a list of things I wanted to do or things I wanted to remember Um, and then I look back at those even now and I think online was something I was going to just shut off and go right we're we're past it now we're back face to face but then I thought after the course I thought well why would I do that because that's another avenue where children from all across the world can then can access the education so the course gave me that confidence to be able to say yes this is what we're going to do. And that, I mean, that's a, a great thing because actually, particularly for a small business, and particularly in a pandemic, and you know, a, a, a very early stage business, to commit the time that twelve modules take, and you know, to do it when you're, you're thinking, gosh, all this stuff, you know, is I've got to deal with. But actually, that time commitment has gave you the oxygen to learn new things, to put them into practice, to see your business grow. Because how many people are you up to now? Twelve. Yeah. From yeah. not at the start, at the beginning, to twelve. Yeah. 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 What about you, Phil? What was your biggest challenge, or the biggest bit, or either personal or business? Well, from the business point of view, um, as of 2020 March, all the bricks and mortar shops shut. So basically, what we had to do was uh, deal with this massive influx of people who were migrating to online. So 
we had like a threefold problem. It was we had four times as many sales coming through the door, which is a nice problem to have. We had maybe two thirds of the staff that we would usually have because we, we're a seasonal business, so we take on more staff, which we couldn't do. And on the back of that, at the core of everything that Armstrong Direct does, is keeping the customer happy. So we basically had to do all of those things at the same time on the hoof. So we were literally making up new things as we were going on. So a good example of that would be we found a way of sending a text message to a group of people. Very simple thing to do for your average millennium or whatever. But for me, probably the hardest thing in the world. So we worked out to do that. So, base, so really, at the end of the day, all we did was use new technology. We changed the shift patterns. Everything started to tick over quite nicely. Everybody was out of everybody's way. The challenge now and the thing that the course gave us was basically it put the idea in our head that the things that we put in place during the pandemic, we have to try and keep that as much as possible. So texting a load of people at once is great. So what we do now is we have, when people phone the call center, if they don't get through to one of our people before they ring off, we take that number and offer them a 5% discount to either phone us back or accept a call from us. And we do things by text. So taking that one thing that we did, of which we did very, very many, has actually bolstered the, the, uh, the way we do business. So now we've got a lot more customers and that takes a hell of a lot of communication and this is an added extra bit of communication, which I'm sad to say I hadn't thought of before, even though I've got a communication background. It is interesting, isn't it? There's, it says Elaine and Reshma said that the most testings of t testing of times businesses actually the ones that survive and thrive are the ones that innovate and and you know and and do the next thing and we're just going to learn from nick that is exactly what happened here there was a big problem for your business wasn't there definitely yeah so um the business is a people business so yeah. we're out on client sites or people come to our site um for face-to-face -face services clinicians um doing health surveillance medicals for kind of safety of train drivers etc etc um, and when the pandemic hit and businesses closed down and people were furloughed, there was practically no business. Um, but we do testing and we do screening and we make sure people are health and safety populations being a business or, or a broader population. So um, started out helping people to stay in business by doing temperature checks. And initially it wasn't self-testing with COVID. It was all nurse-led testing. Mm -hmm. So we were doing that for businesses which kept them productive. Um, that then scaled up and we ended up getting a contract with Leeds Bradford and Newcastle Airport to do the testing for travel. Um, that was in a big change um, and the business had to be really agile and, and from being quite a steady occupational health business, we were now in a business which was um, growing at an uncontrollable rate with um, the, the master being the COVID <laughs> infection rates and the government rules. So every week we would be like, right, let's change direction, change direction. So we... We pivoted and were as agile as possible. There's quite a big cultural piece within that mm. about bringing the team along that journey, the change of pace, the ways of working. Um, and so I quite enjoy that side of business. I quite like the, the, the pace and the change. I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, so it was really, it was exciting in some ways. It was tough in different ways. But um, if you look back now, I think everyone in the business would say, well, we had to do it. It was necessary. Um, and actually now we're at a point where... Um, 
off the back of Help to Grow and, and we've we've rebranded, we've launched a new website, we've <laughs> done a lot of COVID testing services. We're now looking at international markets. Um, we're looking at testing that isn't just COVID, but you can use lateral flow tests for HIV or malaria, TB, diseases that affect populations. And if we can get into that space and we can help people's health and well-being, that sits at the core of what we do as an organisation, but we can do it on a completely different scale through enabling change or allowing change to happen and then embracing that and, and running with it. And what's interesting, it's almost the same question as the one to um, Kelly earlier. This was all happening when you, as one of the directors of the company, was on a course that was taking your time, so the time up. So there was cultural change, the leadership challenges, there will be all sorts of things wrapped up in that. How did the course help you sort of unravel, make sense of it and take it back so that it, you know, you, you could, you could work through it because it's important when you're doing that sort of, people use the word pivot, that's not a pivot, that's <laughs> turn yourself inside out and move off in a different direction. Did, did you get help on how to do that, how to manage that? Um, so yes, so the course gave some really nice um, kind of research-based or kind of um, evidence-based tools to use which help you to reflect and um, step out of your business and look in on your business and they were really helpful um i'm quite a practical person in operations i think you always have that mm. element of you so i did what kelly did and every time i was on the course i'd write down i could i wouldn't i wouldn't try and take everything in i'd write down the key bits for me in the moment and i've got um a page for each week that we did of the course with a bunch of notes on that i refer back to um, and i've got all the course notes and i know that i'll go back to them again but it was um it was challenging to be so busy at work and do the course, but I wouldn't have not done the course because I got such a lot from it that um, I know I'll revisit that and it helped me in the moment as well. So um, good in many ways. Yeah, and it's that's a sort of toolkit thing, isn't it? And it's actually, what do I do here? And then also you've got those folk out there who actually can, you can say, oh, have you done, have you done this before? And they'll say, yes, and we did that then. And that's, that's how it helped. But the culture, is interesting because I think the pandemic really did impact on culture within organisations. I'm going to come to you, Phil, on this because that was you were moving into a new sector for you anyway, having been in sort of paper and manufacturing, completely different, internet-based rather than real. That whole culture, that different culture, then when you have a pandemic coming plonking in in the middle. And in a family-run business, which you actually don't own, so you're, you know, you're a general manager, but you don't own the business, all of those things are quite difficult to navigate. Again, just connecting back to what Nick was saying about the sort of toolkit that the the, um, the program, the Help to Grow program, gave you. Was there stuff in that toolkit that you were able to take take away and then put into practice, and then help to sort of permeate stuff down through the team? Yeah, there was a there, at the start of it. There was a I, I thought we've got like a happy team there. It's maybe struggling to get from one culture to another because. You know, small businesses run differently to where we were going. I mean, basically, we added a third onto 
uh, our sales practically overnight. So that added an extra dimension. Um, when I sat down with my mentor, we went through a lot of um, different ways of assessing where the culture was and where we need to be. Um, I mean, one of the things that she did mention was uh, basically we, we needed to put together some sort of mission statement. Um, the mission statement was put together by my senior team. However, when we did sit down to do it, it took us maybe two or three days to do it because it seemed we were all actually looking for different things and pulling in different directions. Once we got everybody pulling in the same direction, that's when it all started to click together. And that was basically pushed, pushed forward by uh, Jill Danby. So like, this is a good way to, to solve the problem that I think you've got that you possibly don't think you've got. It worked very, very well. There's a lot of happy people on our team. Practically nobody's left. I know there's a lot of people who are leaving businesses now and going to work for different businesses. Um, we've had maybe three people leave, two of them have come back. It's because that they realize that their input to this culture is appreciated and they can have a lot of input into that when they've gone to different uh, businesses they probably didn't get that so I'm happy to say that they've, they've come back to us now and, and sort of like it's almost stopped people from leaving because they realize they're on a, a, a such a such a good deal and they're being heard that's and in this market that is absolutely I mean that's absolutely. that's incredible yeah. you've grown in this market too really tough market conditions yeah. Kelly so same same thing with you that cultural piece people getting it people getting that it's a purpose-driven company yeah, um, for me, again, I, I, I've said this to a few people, I'm, I'm a teacher, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, that's what I went to university to do. So when I started my own business, I'd never been a manager, I'd never been in charge of a team, never. So I didn't know if I was doing things the right way or not. So being on the course and hearing from all of these experts really helped embed that the things I was doing was right but then also gave me a lot of ideas on leading the team. And I think for me, it's all about if you've got a happy team and everyone feels like you say, Phil, everyone feels appreciated and heard, it then ripples out into the whole business and it, it makes, I feel like you can go into somewhere and you feel like the vibe, don't you? You know if it's, you know, if it's tense or, or not. So I think having a positive team, which which I did have, but it's re the course really helped me realise what I was doing was right, but then given me those tools to then, you know, f further that, um, it makes a huge difference to business. And I think if people aren't happy in the business, what is that business actually doing? So I think it is really important. Do you feel a lot less stressed though? Yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. It. yeah. Uh -huh. From less January stressed. to now, yep. I'm, I'm a different person, but in all aspects of of my life, I, you know, everyone's commented on it because mm -hmm. I think you think you've got to do all of these hours, but actually you you don't. It's about getting things right and getting the people in place and learning all of these different, you know, all of this knowledge that we've got from this course and then putting it into place. I think you don't, you, I think when you, when you think you're going to go on this course, you think, oh, what will, what will I get out of it? What's it going to be like? But until you come out of the other side of it, you really realise how valuable it is. And I think whether you're just starting your business, it, it would have been amazing to have started, done this course right at the very beginning to have all of this knowledge. But even if you are further down the line, like Phil is here, 
I think it's still you're going to get so much from it. Cemented a bit of confidence for me, I must yeah. admit, because yeah. it was you're you're on the right sort of track. Is and it's lovely actually. It's the stress buster thing. That's yeah. really big. I mean, you know, and you've seen that too, Nick. Before I go over this side, you've you know you because you you had this you know you held the, this holding this tiger by a tail. <laughs> yeah, I, Phil and I were chatting just earlier, and I think one of the things that helped grow uh, gives you is you might have been in business for a while and you've learnt various elements um helped grow cemented them together it added new bits in which were valuable and it gave you confidence to go forward uh, and having that confidence it takes the stress off doesn't we it we talked about the structure didn't we the mm. structure of how you actually do things changes a little bit because you've got all these added extras and i mean there's been a few times where i've been sat in the desk thinking how am i going to solve this problem so hang on a minute i just need to go back to my notes a second i'm sure we picked up on that and even if i haven't actually written a lot about it if i throw it to the whatsapp group they can you know fill it out a little bit maybe it's that people thing <laughs> it's that people thing so come on let's think about that what it wasn't just businesses that had a really tough time during the pandemic. Membership organisations had a very difficult mm-hmm. time because when you've got, when you don't quite know what's going to happen next, as Kelly says, and you've got limited budgets to spend on mm-hmm. things, what what goes? It's committing to things mm-hmm. outside. But you've you've kept there, FSB, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, we maintain quite a stable um, membership, and actually. I think we pivoted a, a little bit as well in terms of how well we communicated with members, more of the one-to-one support, and and that allow that level of outreach and engagement allowed us to push messages on really worthwhile projects such as the Help to Grow program. You know, that's probably something that we maybe didn't have as much of before, and people recognise just how much they can get from the FSB. We had all the legal support, obviously mm-hmm. that that was invaluable for people and keeping them updated on you know the continually changing beast of, of restrictions yeah. and what you can do and how many people can I go out to the park with today you know we kept up to date on all of, of that information so that businesses didn't have to and the FSB care um, which offers well-being support and, and uh, you know one-to-one support with a nurse as well for any mental health and well-being issues that you may be suffering I think you know th- that type of thing was really well utilized during the pandemic and again it just shows the importance of that community and, and knowing that you don't have to have all of the answers you just have to know where to go to find them yeah. and and you know that you, you know that you've got that safety net you've got somebody's got your back as a business owner that's what all three of these mm. have said knowing where to go to find yeah. them Elaine that's something that you hold within the membership don't you yeah and what we found in the pandemic was it was all about the members they're our customers they're the people we needed to look out for and they were hurting and they didn't really know what was going on so for us it was getting on the phone to the members and we put mm. in place a really structured program to pick up the phone, make sure that we spoke to every single member on a regular basis. And all they wanted to know was, what's everyone else doing? You know, am I, am I getting it right? I have no idea what I'm doing. But as long as the other 300 members are thinking along the same lines, that's reassuring to me. And obviously, we help them with HR and the furlough scheme and all the practical side of things. But really, what they wanted to know is, am I getting it right? Am I doing the right thing? Because people wanted to be kind to their employees. Um, but, the, but we wanted to be kind to the members because what was happening was that the owners 
were picking up the slack. They were spending all their life looking after their teams and being worried about the people, but not worrying about themselves. And that was really important. And that probably was the second part of the pandemic was looking after those owners and making sure that they had connections. And you're all nodding because, <laughs> you know, you pick up the slack and you, you know, you, you are the ones working 24 hours a day and probably on that rabbit wheel. And we have to look out for these people because they're the ones creating the opportunities and keeping other people in in work essentially so that was um and i think that's done us well because people have been loyal to us because we were kind to them during the pandemic and it's really that thing that you know we you've talked about here we, we've alluded to haven't we really that you know business that of course they're wealth creators they create high value mm. jobs but they're worth creators particularly businesses like yours kelly which is actually in there make helping people be the best they can be but you need support and a bit of TLC as an owner to, to, to do that. And that's that's what this programme and others actually, at the other things that the university has to offer can do. And actually, you've, I love this. What was that advert about? I so like the, the shaving thing that I bought the company. You've almost thought, right, I really like this programme, so I want to do a bit more. So what are you doing now with the university, Nick? So we're looking at something called a KTP, or Knowledge Transfer Protocol? Partnership, Knowledge Transfer Partnership, KTP. Um, so that's um, linking a business to a university through a fund that's government run that's been around for 50 plus years. So very successful. It plugs kind of academic expertise into a business which needs to grow into a certain space. And so as a small business, you don't have um, necessarily everything you need to step into the next opportunity. So it's a step change uh, program where there's an investment from the business, a commitment to say we're going to fund this. Mm-hmm. That's then government supported um, with the university um, through Innovate UK, um, and you can do KTPs for a bunch of different things. It can be a management KTP, it can design a widget, it can be um, anything you like. It can be for a bigger business, a smaller business. Um, so what we're looking at right now is um, working with a couple of people here in the audience um, to take our business from where we are now, where we've got a a core occupational health business. We've got a health screening through lateral flow mm. test business. We've got some key partners that we've um, kind of grown up with during the pandemic and that we knew before that. And now it's about how do we take kind of all that we have in front of us as opportunities and refine our way forward and lean on the university to give us some expertise around that, um, yeah, to help us make a step change and go forward. And you know what's going to happen here. It's a wonderful segue here because uh, what I'm going to do now, I know you've been working with Matt a bit on that, but actually Hannah is really going to be working with you quite a lot going forward. So, Hannah, would you like to tell us a bit more about how these work and, and the offer and how it works and how people can find out about KTPs? Yeah, so thank you. I think um, the KTPs are, as Nick said, really about making a step change. And one of the things that universities are, are quite good at doing is bringing together lots of different expertise from different disciplines. And at Northumbria, we've got um, a real benefit in having academics who are used to working closely with small businesses and can listen to what their needs are. So we've been able to put a team together to make an application, hopefully, um, hopefully it works, that... Um, 
really just supports businesses through making a, an enduring change to their business. So not just here's some capacity for a year or for two years and we're going to try and go for two years. It's not just about putting some capacity in for that time. It's something that's supposed to remain with the business and last beyond that. And it's got a fantastic track record and we have a fantastic track record at Northumbria for them as well. Um, but where things don't fit with the KTP, because obviously Innovate UK have got very specific requirements around it um, where it doesn't fit there are there are other things that we can do to support businesses through consultancy and um, contracts research and collaborative research there's lots of different ways um, that that we can be supportive with with organizations um, but the KTP is brilliant because it's so well subsidized by by um, by the government so yeah what I'm wanting to do now I'm looking into this audience and thinking a lot of you have been on the programme. Is there anybody who wanted anything to add from their experience of the Help to Grow programme who's not on this panel but thinks actually you've talked about such and such but I really, I got a real takeaway and that was this and nobody's mentioned it so I wanted to bring it up. Anybody in this who would like to say anything? No, but they might if I come back to them again. So um, I'm going to come to you then, Matt, just to talk about some of the other things, just to build on what Hannah said, uh, some of the other programmes just in sort of bite-sized chunks that businesses could access. Yeah, and I like the front door comment, actually, Caroline, because I think every university struggles to guide SMEs to say, this is the front door, come and access, uh, come and access some provision. And I think actually this programme, even if you didn't take it up, you've, you're speaking to Sarah and you've got a foot in the door. And I think one of the most powerful statistics to come from Northumbria University is that it's supported over 500 startups and those that are still trading contribute 83 and a half million pounds to this, to GDP, to this economy alone every year. So the footprint of the university, the company that we keep, and the work that we've done is really strong. And this is just a, this Help to Grow program is just another program in the arsenal of the, the offer to, to support business. And as I said before, in this region particularly, um, more needs to be done to support business um, because it contributes an awful lot to the community, but there aren't yet enough small businesses there. So because of that, what I want to do in my last five minutes, I suppose, is actually run along the panel. And I'm going to start with you, Phil. If you help to grow has worked for you, you've said it has very um, coherently, all of you, and said it's great. You made the time. You wanted to do it. What would you say to people? How can you help us get more people knowing about it? Um, and actually, it's the benefit to business that they'll want to hear, the benefit to your business. Why did? Why should people do it? I mean, first of all, I'd like to say just the, the first thing I'd like to stress is basically that don't be scared of the word education because it isn't like that. It's almost like a help type situation. That's where I got out of it. I was a little bit, well, I haven't been at university for 15 years now, so how am I going to feel about this? And I was really, really pleasantly surprised by how it was put across. It did take up a little bit of time, but we had a lot of webinars there. So basically, I was maybe conducting business around that as people were coming into my <laughs> office or whatever. So it wasn't as impactful as I thought. And that was what I was trying to get across to my brother when I was trying to sort of like promote it for him because he, he's the same as me. He's 
ops manager. And I thought he'd get a hell of a lot out of it. He's never been to university. And that was the thing he was scared of. He was like, oh my God, you're going to give me a, that depth of books to get through. I said, it isn't like that. It's like, if you've got a problem, it's a, you've got a voice to put it out there. And there's a lot of very well-educated and, and good business managers that you can talk to. Um, and that's how I sort of put it across to him. So I've almost got him there anyway. So hopefully, hopefully in the next cohort. Well, right, excellent. And I think the next cohort is on. It starts in September. 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 Yeah. Kelly, what would you say? Because for owner managers, particularly young businesses, I think it is particularly difficult for them to prioritise time. Yeah, it it is when there's so many other things that need to be done. However, going on going on the program and. You don't know what you don't know until you you go on the programme and it's going to give you so many more ideas. It's going to really, I would say it would spark the excitement because I left that programme thinking I've got so many ideas now that I want to implement. And as a business owner, you're excited about that. So I think if you go on the programme, it's definitely going to benefit the business Either way, you're going to learn something and it's also going to open up a network of other business owners, which is is something every business owner wants. It's great to have that support network and especially those that have been on that programme. They've been in that situation, so they, they've taken different things so you can go back to them and you can ask them. So there's, there's so many things you can take out of it. Fantastic. Nick? Um, why would you not do the programme, I think is my question, because 90% funded by the government, so you're only paying £750, and £750 might feel like a lot, but if you can get by from your business leader or your other business leader, it's a relatively small investment mm -hmm. if you look at other costs in your business. Um, I guarantee everyone will learn something, whether it's off course material, off a peer or a network, um, and it will make a change in your business, I'm certain of it. So I'd say in the terms of night, just do it. Just do it. I like that. Good. Just do it. Right. Now then, you two, you have been great advocates through your um, your membership organisations of the programme. So I'm going to ask you a hard question, right? What more can you do? Having heard what you've heard from three small businesses, um, what more can you do? Reshma, I'll come to you first. I think, I think it comes back down to effective communication and, and making it comparable. Uh, businesses are often swamped with information of you should do this or there's this and there's this and all of this different stuff you can do. It's making sure that they recognise the value of each of those different programmes and, and that comes from communication and engagement. As you said, uh, Caroline, uh, several times, people buy from people. It's the same with FSB. People invest their time in me mm -hmm. as much as they do in the organisation. So because I am that trusted person for them if I say to them oh it's it you know you know it's really worth looking at I'm hoping that they will but at the same time it's about putting my members in touch with each other as well so that people like Kelly who I will pick on um, <laughs> can, can tell all the members because they will respond more to, to it coming from one of their peers that's a great idea Kelly I think you're up for you're gonna get an FSB invitation to tell them how good this is I think that's a really really good idea result absolutely yeah, result Elaine um, I, I just think it's a brilliant program and we need to do more to convince more people to do it. Because if you look at this, there's three people on this panel and the impact on their business. If you replicated that amongst 500 businesses in this region and got that impact, I mean, think how many extra jobs would be created in that 83 million you're talking about. That could be 160 million easily. Um, 
the northeast is lagging behind like you said we have half the number of businesses per 10,000 of population to london the lep keep telling me we need 6,000 businesses new businesses per year um to just catch up and to level up something like this will create sustainable businesses businesses that are doing better so it's not just a business starting it's a brilliant business that's growing and scaling and we need more of that so i think we need to get out there and get the word out there and we can help with that and encourage more businesses to to sign up i mean like you said just do it it seems like a no-brainer these government schemes don't last forever it will be a sort of a once-off post-covid opportunity for businesses to access this level of education and help they just need to get out there and do that. And we can see from the examples, we need to talk about the examples and the impact and show people that it's not just another government scheme that, or a university-led scheme that just seems like not as exciting. It's got to be out there and it's got to be shown by the results. And you three have done a brilliant job today of advocating for it. Everybody else in this room must have equivalent stories. Let's help more people and get them signed up. And it would be great, actually, if we could. I'm just going to be a bit of a, you know opportunist here. So actually, there might be, uh, you know... Reshma's already um, asked, invited um, <laughs> Kelly to speak at the FSB. It would be lovely to hear, I um, hope, that an Entrepreneurs Forum would, invitation would be, be extended, extended to either Phil or Nick, because actually it's all Kelly. Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. so, but actually, that's, that's the thing that sells it, isn't it? It's not Northumbria saying it's great. It's actually the businesses saying how great it's been and how it's helped mm. their businesses. But talking about Northumbria, I would like to ask Sarah to come and just bring the podcast to a close. Um, and then I think, because otherwise we're going to run out of time and then I'll be in trouble. <laughs> um, but I know that we are heading beautifully towards 11 o'clock, according to my watch. So, Sarah, over to you. Uh, Business Matters podcast uh, delivered by the Help to Grow Management team at Northumbria University. Thanks very much for coming. how Northumbria University can help your business thrive through the Help to Grow Management Programme, delivered by leading small business and enterprise experts from Northumbria University, with the support of leading figures from industry and experienced entrepreneurs. The programme supports senior managers of small and medium-sized businesses to boost their businesses' performance, resilience and long-term growth. The 12-week programme is 90% funded by the government and the fee payable by participants is £750 and has been designed to allow participants to complete it alongside full-time work. The in-depth, high-quality curriculum supports you to build your capabilities in leadership, innovation, digital adoption, employee engagement, marketing, responsible business and financial management. By the end of the programme, you'll develop a business growth plan to help you lead your business to realise its potential. To find out more about the programme, the modules, eligibility and fees and delivery dates, go to northumbria.ac.uk slash help to grow.